statement, step into a Slim Jim! Hello and welcome to another Woodshop Podcast with Mike Coffey of Coffee Custom Builds, Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find us all as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 53 of another Woodshop Podcast and thank you for Yo. snapping into another Snap into a podcast. Snap into a podcast. <laughs> uh, if you missed the live, you missed another doozy. Thanks, John Grubb. Uh, speaking of John Grubb, I don't know if you heard, but he's a patron of this show. And this week's episode is brought to you by all of our patrons. If you haven't heard about our Patreon, that's crazy because we talk about it at least three times an episode. But yeah. you should head over to uh, patreon.com forward slash another woodshop podcast. And consider supporting the show. But if you don't want to support the show financially, you can always share the show, tell your friends about it, put us in your stories, make sure your grandma knows that we exist, and get her listening so she doesn't miss out on really relevant talk such as Randy's what Macho Man Randy Savage. She knew Macho Man Randy Savage when he was Macho Boy Randy Savage. Macho boy. I think we have a show title. <laughs> Strong open. Ma- All right. Macho boy Randy Savage. Macho, macho boy. <laughs> well, I mean, we're kind of flying through the intro here, so why don't we uh, do a topic? No, I'm just kidding. Let's go to uh, what's on my bench. Daniel, what's on your bench? What's on my bench? I'm currently working Thank you for the on... pause, by the way, so I can put the sound effect in it. That was perfect. Did I pause? Or are you being sarcastic? It's not our first episode. He was trying to think of what he was going to say. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I my brain videos. works a little slower than you guys. I have to really think <laughs> about what Nebraska. I'm going to say. I'm currently working sure. on my bench. I'm currently working on uh, the basement build out that I've been talking about. I'm I'm working on um, the lower cabinets for like the little mini bar I'm going to put in this basement. Nice. Um, however, backing up a little bit, I finished Back up that. the cherry bed. And delivered it. The client is ecstatic. That thing came out beautifully, I think. And I've had people hit me up left and right for plans for that thing. How's that delivery? Yeah, I'm so glad you're not, (laughs) you know, murdered. (laughs) Uh, Delivery went well. Yeah. (laughs) Delivery went well. Deliveries came How far is Lincoln? It was Lincoln? Lincoln, Nebraska. How far is that from you? It's 65 miles. To the west wow. of where I'm at. That's crazy. A whole hour. Well, yeah, and you, an hour. Um, but Max came with you, right? He did not. Max did oh, not want to go. Max was like, Man, Pete's really I'm out, bro. Thumb in that. I'm out, bro. <laughs> I'm out, bro. <laughs> did Paco he, come? No, Paco. The cat. <laughs> come on, Paco. Dan's going nuts in the car. Doing <laughs> <laughs> laughs. I'm pretty sure I would arrive with cat scratches like all over my face. <laughs> um. What else did I do? I feel like I did a bunch of stuff, but maybe it you was did. just the bed. I'm you also did a lot of stuff in that bed. You, I did a lot of stuff in the bed. The bed oh. came out good. I really, I'm really super yeah. proud of the bed. I think, I think it came out really nice. Lacquer? Did you spray Don't lacquer? know her. Yeah, I sprayed <laughs> the lacquer. <laughs> okay. Milk stout? 
<laughs> seems, seems like you should have known what I was referencing. I feel like on a woodworking podcast, yes. and you're talking about a bed. I feel like the correlation wasn't super difficult. <laughs> yeah, I, I sprayed it with lacquer. I sprayed it out my driveway. It was a beautiful week. Uh, it looks great. I cool. I don't know what else to say. It looked really good. Thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you. Yeah, like Honestly, I said, if I was gonna make a bed, that's like, like that's kind of you nailed the design that I would want to do. Nice and simple. Thank you. I like that it was all breakdown too. Super easy to break down and put back together. Got to do I love six it. lag bolts. Five. Five. Five bolts. You one in each leg. One. And the fifth one is Set. hidden in that it center sh- support. It was a show bolt. Didn't even need it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I said, I got uh, people hitting me up for for drawings or plans on that. So I actually have somebody working on that for me because I'm not good at that. Making digital plans. I have I have chicken scratch sketches but other than that i have somebody else working on that so in the future if you want those plans they might be coming we'll see anyways mike what is on your bench uh it's been a hectic last few weeks and this last week was pretty hectic too um but on the bench it's been pretty busy i mean i've had um I finished the bench a couple <laughs> bench. I finished that bench, that redwood bench, a couple weeks ago. I was that was supposed to get picked up last week by the customer, and then something happened, and now I'm delivering it tomorrow or something. So I need to get. I that thought you were out. supposed to deliver that like this past weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm. I was. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's been so the guy who I was coordinating things with, uh, he unbeknownst to my contact there retired. So that he is like the uh, member when we went to go pick up the wood and we met the gal there and there was the guy there, that yeah. guy retired and she was not aware he was retiring. And he's the guy that is like the groundskeeper and has all the um, keys to everything. So, yeah, he knows where everything needs to go. So he has no idea or she has no idea where this bench needs to go now. And they're trying to figure that out. So, uh, interesting. interesting. Yeah. So. Uh, they're a very, very large company. It's the power utility for all of Sacramento. Ah, they Park clearly have everything together. So, That's great. Um, NBD. Um, Sacramento <laughs> Power. Uh, what is a Sac Pow for short? S Pow. Yeah, it's called Spow. It's called here. No, it's Smud. Sacramento Municipal Utility District. Not much of a better name. Smut. We call it Smut. Smut Utility District. We got a weird speech impediment out here in California. Um, and then I'm. Uh, I had a customer who's actually bought from my Etsy store two previous times. She reached out to me about building her a tray rack thing for the – you know those uh, board trays that I make, the the Farkle mm-hmm. and Yahtzee trays? She's bought one of each and she wanted me to make a custom rack for them. So she had bought one from another person and he did another – like a terrible job. So she keeps coming back to me, which is awesome. Um, so she asked me to make this custom thing. So I made her a design in – uh, Shaper, which is the design program I'm using. And uh, she liked it and she paid for it through Etsy, which is really cool. I had never used the feature. Pete, I'm sure you have. You can actually create a custom listing for a customer. Like Etsy clearly reads your conversation. They can tell that you're making having a conversation about a custom listing because she said the word custom and it asked me if I want to turn this into a custom listing, which is really creepy, but kind of a cool feature if you're trying to get things yeah. going there. They're just trying I've to been using that a bunch. I bet. Yeah. So was, but I even do it from like third party. Like if we had an Instagram chat, I'll just make a custom listing for someone. What do you What do you do? 
You just make I just a make a like I just oh, make just a, a custom listing, listing for that. Yeah. Okay. This gave yeah, me an option just, just in the, the chat. There. Said create custom did it, listing. Did it look any different? I'm actually kind of curious. Did it look it any different than a regular listing from her order that she was responding to a message on? Oh, cool. So That's it was, her. but it unfortunately had nothing to do with what I was making. So I had to rejigger everything. But um, but it was cool. It's cool. How it's convenient. all integrated. I mean, they're just doing everything they can to keep you on platform so they can get those fees. But uh, it's nice for me because whatever. Anyway, uh, I'm working on that this week. The design is, I think it's a pretty cool design. It's whatever. Uh, it's nothing. I mean, it's pretty hard to uh, make it any more special than what it is. Um, but it's going to hold five of those rack or five of those game boards. And then in the front, it has a little uh, box with two dividers so they can put their uh, playing cards and their dice. So it's going to be cool. They like the design. The design's going to be neat. I'm probably just going to throw the plans up on my Etsy because I've got, or I'm going to throw the files up on my Etsy because I've got them done. I might as well. So, um, <clears throat> and then I'm starting this. It's gone back and forth between a herringbone and a Chevron coffee table about five times now. And they finally did stick the landing on a herringbone coffee table. So I started this herringbone coffee table for this. Uh, I started the design of the herringbone coffee table for this couple I'm building a table for. And then they off- last weekend asked me, well, a couple months ago, they asked me to price up doing a dining table. And they actually accepted that last weekend. So I'm doing a coffee table and a dining table for them right now. Um, Very cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So they're uh, they're also a return <clears throat> customer, which is uh, you know, like incredibly nice. flattering. Like it's incredibly flattering that they. I mean, they haven't even bought anything from me yet, technically. So hopefully, I can knock it out of. Well, I'm gonna do everything I can to knock Wait, it out. Of so the how are they a returning customer? Well, because they they aren't Maybe returning two. yet. I mean, they bought two things from me during one. So yeah. So they got to get quote the Zach Galifianakis then... gif of all the numbers yeah. behind him. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> it's, um, so they had a quote. They approved the one quote. And then they approve the other quote. So that's super cool. I'm really excited about that. Um, and then what else this week? Uh, uh, I don't know. Welcome to my world. What else? And then I spread it in lacquer and it smells like apple pie. And then I drove to Lincoln and my dog hates me. <laughs> it, was a, it was a hailstorm, right? And then I slurped on sausage juice. That was Gargled. the pre-show. Don't spoil the pre-show. This for sounds people. awfully familiar. <laughs> I feel like there was something else. Pete, why don't you talk and then I will interrupt you two to th- three minutes in. Classic. Classic. Oh, you're assuming I'm going to talk for two to three minutes. Uh-oh. <laughs> Pete didn't uh, do much. Think about no, baseball. I, Last a little longer. Come on. Go. Oh, okay. So I'll pause and we'll have to review the footage in the middle. Oh, that's football. <laughs> Never mind. Macho this week boy, was a... Uh, Petey Savage. Yeah, <laughs> Macho Boy Show Randy title. Savage. <laughs> This week was rough. So I've been actually training uh, someone in a city. It's actually Jake from JV Woodworks, who's a local guy here. I've heard here. of him. Yeah. He's, uh, he's famous in Rutherford, just that one town. But I... Damn, what Is did that you Minnesota? throw over you? <laughs> what did you just throw over you? Booger? Oh, oh no, booger. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I, that's what I thought. Nobody saw me pick my nose. I got glue <laughs> I on my finger. I got glue on my finger. I'm yeah, rolling it up. Okay. Booger glue. Review the footage. Nose I didn't pick my nose. <laughs> Review the footage. No. I will. I edit this. Oh, nose good. Glue. <laughs> nose glue. Nose <laughs> glue. Yeah. You can't uh, tell me you never have glue on your fingers. We're woodworkers. All the right, time. Right. I literally glue. have epoxy on my fingers right now. <laughs> Anyways, I've been uh, I've been having to drive into the city every day, so I've been getting up super early and having long commutes, but it's all good. Tomorrow's the last day. I'm actually very glad we're recording a day early. By the way, it's Thursday for everyone that's listening to this later yes, in the future. Right. I yeah, ruined which is it. Sorry, odd for us. Please, that's okay. A colonoscopy couldn't wait. So <laughs> I, I've been doing that. So that's been actually taking up a lot of my time because it 
that extra hour and a half commute each way <laughs> is kind of a pain in the butt, but whatever. Um, I have been getting a, a little bit of work done in a shop. I've been, uh, I kind of started this last week and I kept continuing just carving out a bunch of little trays. I, um, I've been using them all over the house. My dad is also retired for those of you that remember that he's retired bored out of his damn mind. This man has worked his entire life starting in communist Poland, then coming to America, American dream. He just doesn't know how to not work. So he's constantly doing something in a shop. And the ironic thing is like, I'm 32. He's in his seventies. I'm teaching him woodworking, which is like odd because usually it's the other way around. Isn't it ironic? Isn't it ironic? Great song. But the other thing is uh, he, he learned how to use a router table this week. And by learn, I mean, he's been using a router table and he's finally learned what he's done wrong. Like, um, routing the side of those little trays that I made and going right into the end grain, right on the first one (laughs) while holding it in his hands. (laughs) Luckily just like just split apart and instantly just like, Oh, oh, okay. That happened. Um, I'm like, that's why you use a push block, dad. And that's why you start on the face. Daddy savage. (laughs) It's macho dad. Mike Kapar. Snap into a router table. Snap into a router. (laughs) It's Miroslav, but everyone calls him Mike because why would you say the other one? (laughs) Everyone calls him Mike. Why would you say that one when you can give him a fake name? Yeah. (laughs) He's had a fake name. Americanized. (laughs) I'm Peter. I'm not really Peter. It's Miroslav? Yeah. What does it's that roughly swap. translate to? And is it's it actually Myron, Michael? I guess, but no oh, one really Myron. says Myron. <laughs> so I can see Michael. why he went with Mike. His name's stupid, so we call him Mike. They call him Michael. It's just easier. <laughs> oh, whatever. Right. Uh, but yeah, so he, he puckered up when that happened, but then he yeah, learned how to use a push it. block, and right. he's good now. But these things came out so damn good. What's I, that? Sorry. These little trays. Oh, yeah. They're cool, dude. Yeah, I saw them. They look good. And I also knocked out a couple of custom signs for uh, our photographers. Just had twins. The photographers for our wedding. Daniel like Dunlap had twins. Famous. Oh, oh. No, he turned me else. down. He turned me down. Oh, remember? Couldn't fly him off in Nebraska. <laughs> but they had twins. He can't afford me. Actually, crazy story. They had. God. They got COVID the week of the delivery. What's that? <laughs> I thought you were going to say the week like, of our wedding. They had no, COVID. Like, they, Great. Was, like it was actually kind of crazy. They actually they blogged it and all that. But we did a we did some custom signs for them Mommy for the blogs. babies for the baby's room, and uh, we're gonna go see them this weekend. So I'm pretty excited, and I'm just stoked for this weekend because since we're not recording tomorrow night, my weekend basically starts after work tomorrow, and I have all weekend, and I can just do whatever I want. I'm gonna take so many done naps, and make so many coffee tables. That's like <laughs> that's all the joke. I <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, slow week for me. Uh, why don't we jump into some questions? Yeah, I thought I had more to talk about. I feel like I was missing something. I have okay. something else to add Go. that Please I never it. added last week. Another I $50 added dollar gift card. <laughs> by the way, by the way, <laughs> no, I added a I added a router table to my table sawing. I don't think I ever yeah, brought did. that up. I think you, yeah, did, you did, but let's talk about it some more. Yeah, Actually, I don't remember because Aaron came over and helped you, right? Yeah, I got a I got a Jessam router lift from Macbeth Hardwood, and no, I, um, I wanted to I want I remember what I want to talk about. Go ahead, sorry, you just reminded me. Go ahead. Oh, he wasn't excited about the router lift. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I, hit, I hit something. He's excited no, to hear what I have to say. Sick. I, I want to hear about your thoughts after a week with it. Oh, it's fantastic. I love it. My it's thoughts after two the, months. The smooth operation talk is fantastic. Next. My buddy Aaron came over. Topic routers. 
<laughs> you guys want to keep going while I? Oh no, keep going. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> oh, sh- I forgot Dan's talking. Please yeah. go on. Nose. My buddy Aaron came over and we put the Jessam router lift in my saw stop table saw wing and uh, we. Well, I built a fence. He brought over his fence from his, and I completely just wiped, not wiped, I completely swiped his design and used right. it for myself, and it's fantastic. Uh, it's got a little, uh, it's got a hole, a little hole that I put my uh, Fest tool vac in, and it works great for dust collection. Love that router lift. It's fantastic. I'm so happy I put that in my table sewing. It's something I've needed for like ever. And, and I you've put been off fighting it for years. I put it off way too long. Mike, tell us all this time. What did you remember? Tell us. Well, f- I mean, following up on that router lift, I do love that router lift. It is so nice. It works so, so damn good. nice. Like it's so smooth, and I just love it. It's but, so um, fast. To do we have the same router lift? Is it the Jessa Master Lift? Master Lift Two. Yeah, we all have the same yeah. one. I think. Pete. I- my so yours is the black plate. Mine's silver. I think I have the. Oh, you have the the router lift one. Right. Yeah, because I I have a Porter cable routers, so I think that it fit that one. It didn't it fit fits the this one. It fits in the in the master. Oh, yeah. then I was just I just cheaped out and got the cheaper one, which is still. But I think it's a really good lift. <laughs> incredible. Still. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. It's the only difference is instead of a whatever your top is, it's the phenolic top. That's the only difference. I think yours is uh, plastic. <laughs> don't get it warm. Well, you know what I mean. No, I'm. It's not a dig. I'm just saying that's the only that's the only difference. I think yours is I plastic top instead of phenolic. No, I top. love it. Just being it's able to like one. move it, it, it moves up and down so smoothly. Mm-hmm. I just move it with one finger all the time. Yep. Yeah. Very you know cool. Also, I just dropped what? a short about that on my YouTube. So you should check that out. Make and then we're not sponsored thumbnail. this week and we weren't sponsored by Jessam. We just all like that tool. But um, yep. I am excited about this finish I found and I'm not sponsored by them. I f- I've been talking to these guys about it all week. They're tired of hearing it. Dan actually oh, yeah. bought some. I found yes, this product, I could have brought that up. Um, yeah, they're my called, neighbors and he like, just stole We find them. out that, that Pete is right close to this place, but it's called Target Coatings. They have a lot of water-based products. Uh, they have a water-based lacquer, which I sprayed on a few things last weekend or the weekend before. It must have been last weekend. And it sprays like a dream. It is so forgiving. I love it. And it's water It's waterborne. So and it has very, very low VOC. Um, it has almost no smell. And, it look, and it's a satin. It looks so nice on the walnut. Um, and I ordered their conversion varnish. And then I, after I sprayed the lacquer, I was so excited about it. I reached out to them and I f- tried to learn more about their products. So I've ordered their exterior urethane, their regular polyurethane. Well, they just call it urethane, urethane but it's a polyurethane, but it's all water-based. And then they, I'm getting some samples of their high build, which is a lacquer. Um, it does not yellow. That's the high, the difference between the high build and the traditional lacquer is it won't yellow over time. Um, so it's a non-yellowing product. So anyway, I'm just really excited about that. And I'm just trying to up my spraying game right now. I got, um, I got that Fuji from Fuji who I partnered with. Um, but great cameras. Bu- yeah. The best cameras. I mean, I like when you hear that click when you're like resetting to the next picture. It's so no, um, the, uh, that's a disposable camera. Is that what they do? Dan? What year is this? You're older than I am. <laughs> um, so I got the Fuji, the Q5, and that thing's absolutely incredible. But I bought, uh, I got the bottom feed gun, but I bought the gravity feed gun so I can have one for water, one for oil. And then I did like a Tool Tuesday on it a week or two ago, and I had like 18 people comment, you got to get the 3M PPS system. You got to get the 3M PPS system. I had never heard about it. 
basically it's a line you get a cup a plastic cup and, and you replace your hopper on your gun and you put this plastic cup on there and it has this like thin almost rubbery plastic liner that goes in there that you put your finish in and then that is what gets sprayed through to your gun. So you don't have to clean your hopper. You can just throw away this reusable liner or you can just easy, you can wash it out because it's like rubbery plastic. You can like flip it inside out and wash it off super easily. It's like way faster than washing uh, the stainless steel hopper or the plastic hopper. If you have the gravity feed. So is that what uh, Jeff at uses? Jeff has one. Uh, right. Justin at rustic grain designs. Tampa has one. Um, you said it right. I did. I've been working on it in the mirror. No pants. Um, and then you can make this too. Uh, Caleb over there recommended it. I've had a bunch of people recommend it. Some some other folks had recommended it. So I I am very excited. I'm going to be spraying uh, this weekend with it. So I can just right away. I can tell how fast how much time it's going to save me because it's got a graduated cup that you put your liner in. You can mix up your you know you can thin it out whatever you need to thin it to. So you just do your 10 percent or your 15 or 20 percent or whatever. But it also has um, if you've used those total boat graduated cups where it has the two to one mm-hmm. it has a two to one three to one four to one five to one and a one to one markings on the side already built into that cup so you can just put the liner in there mix up your mixture pull the liner out put it in the cup you're going to spray from it's going to be so nice it's going to speed up things really bad so or a lot not really bad really good so question <laughs> is, is yeah. there a reason why you went with the top the gravity feed for the oil it's no just i just wanted to better? have both to see which one i wanted to which one i end up liking mm-hmm. more because i have with everything, I had like when I was looking to, to when I was deciding which gun I wanted or yeah which gun I wanted to get, I went to all the people who I know the spray. Half of them said they love the bottom feed. Half of them said they love the gravity feed. So I was like, I'm just gonna end up with both anyway. So I just the wanted to buy power one tops, of each and power see bottoms. It all yeah. Like this, yeah. <laughs> it's all perspective, you know. It's I don't remember you asking me which one I got. I 100 percent did ask you which one you. Got. Hey, hey, Dan, which you one did you have? The M series. Yes, I did ask you which one you. Have. You, you did have gravity feed M series. You jerk. Now I remember. Uh, <laughs> it's all coming so, back. So uh, I wanted both, and I want to see which one I really like. Not that I'm probably going to ever need to replace these guns. It seems like they're built like trucks. So They're solid. Yeah, they're like – they're solid stainless steel, and they're really nice. So um, I don't know. I'm just really excited to up my spray game. Obviously, I'm still going to use like hand rub wax finishes on things a lot. Um, but for production tables and stuff, when I'm trying to get stuff for clients, I mean, I'm going to be spraying as much as I can. So – that was my exciting thing. I'm trying to up my spray game, and I'm feeling really excited about it. Was there anything else? You want to get into questions? No. All right. Let's do this. This first one's from Ben Miller. He's in a train being attacked by train thieves. Hey, guys. It's Ben from Squatch and Woodworks. So my question this week is, what's the most outrageous thing a client has asked you to do or build or anything like that that they wanted to pay next to nothing for because they didn't understand the price point of woodworking. An example, had a customer wanted a L-shaped bar that was humongous, had cabinets, a space for a keg, or a keg and a tap, a bar sink, the whole nine yards, but then got disgusted with the quote because they were thinking of $700 instead of $2,700. So, just uh, wondering what your guys' stories were. If you've had anybody like that you've had to deal with. Thanks. I Dan. literally had to focus on the question to hear it. <laughs> Me too. That's why I was Dan, doing Full disclosure, pre-show, we just, all we heard was train. 
Dan, have you ever been attacked by a train? I once had a <laughs> customer ask me if, if I'd build them a train set out of wood <laughs> and they wanted to pay $5. <laughs> and I said, look, you're crazy. I wish I had an air horn right now that I could just be like, <laughs> <laughs> when you're answering. <laughs> Total morning radio uh, show. <laughs> well, yeah, I've had, I've had people like reach out and say, oh, I'd, li- I'd love to have this bench. I seen it at Target for like 150 bucks. And I'll be like, uh, cool. I'll do it for like a thousand. And they're like, yeah. but I can get it at Target for 150. And I'm like, yes, you can go to Target. Yeah. Cause I can't, I can't match Target. Right. You know, these, these places are doing volume. They're, they're doing stuff on volume. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing one off stuff and they're making it out of, you know, particle board fiber. I'm going to make it out of solid walnut. And you're going to give it to your grandkids when you yeah. die. Right. So, yeah, I've had I've had that. I think we've all had that. Mike, tell me about your story. Yeah, I mean, uh, many times. I mean, I, one that comes to mind right now is I had, I had some people reach out to me. They wanted. To- uh, <laughs> 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 Sorry, no, that's good. Uh, they wanted a river table, and I was apprehensive, you know. But I was like, ah, oh, Pete, don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even on the same oh, level. Smoke Pete. alarm. <laughs> They wanted a river table and I was, you know, I don't want to really do a river table, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm trying to get the table business going. So let's, I'm going to do, give them the real price. So I, they wanted a coffee table. It was going to be six feet long, a big coffee table. It was going to be Dang. three and a half feet wide, big. Jeez. For a coffee uh, yeah. table? Yeah. Big coffee table. And it was like <laughs> $1,400 in epoxy that I got quoted for what I needed for Ooh. the volume, you know? I mean, it was, they didn't understand. How much, I don't think they understand how much any of this work costs, but so I explained to them, I was like, hey, the slabs are going to be, you know, 500 bucks for the slabs or for the slab, but I was going to rip down the middle and flip over and do the, you know, the resin table thing so we don't get sued. Not, not a river table. Um, and then um, uh, the resin was going to be, like I said, 1400 bucks and I quoted them, you know, $3,900 or something like that for the table. And they're like, oh, we were thinking like 700 bucks or something like that. You know, and they just had done no research. So uh, I never heard from them after I gave them my price ever again. So I know they aren't getting it cheaper than my price because I know I was coming in pretty, pretty aggressive too, because there's like three, four guys in the area that do resin tables. And I know they're more money than me that I was going to charge for it. So I actually did some, what I call market research Whoa! Which is where I call <laughs> throwing around market terms, where I call them and act like a customer to see what they charge for, <laughs> and they wanted. You like mean you're a liar, <laughs> right? I was doing some lying, and I uh, no, but I I found out <clears throat> that they were going to charge like six, seven thousand dollars for. I'm still caught up on the size of this coffee table. Like, what what room are you putting that in? How big is your house? I mean, it's big. I mean, my coffee Isn't table your house is, like, don't you have like six yeah. uh, like living rooms? Six living rooms and like, uh, you know, no. You know, Come still, on, Dunlap. You're still. literally sitting in like two of the three. The, this, this, this coffee table is going to be like a short version of a dining table. It's like one of those tables, those Asian tables you sit at, sit at Maybe crisscross applesauce with no shoes, eat sushi. Tuna sushis and sashimis. The other morning, the other morning, Jackson had these pants on that are kind of tight, and he's all, "I can't sit crisscross applesauce in these at school." (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, sorry, Pete. Uh, What about you? If I had a dollar every time I said that, um, no, I I mean, kind of, I agree with you guys. We, 
think we've all had these it's always been a it's either epoxy or like some ri- like ridiculous also actually cutting boards i've quoted people cutting boards that were like oh i was looking more at like 30 dollars. i'm like i can't even buy enough hardwood for 30 dollars. get out of here definitely had that um, happen before the thing is, this is why this is purely why like this question is why i do not work with former co-workers at my previous jobs because they all just kind of expect this like handout not all of them but most of them have like ex- expect this like ridiculous price honestly you know what they don't listen to this yeah, when are you gonna send me those basically those, uh, expected when are you gonna send me up? those merca to fest tool back things i'm working on them all right am i working on them they're over there I still would you just hand them out already come on calm down buddy but no like cut even cutting boards like people try to nickel and dime you on i'm like no i'm not, I'm not gonna do that and if people it's when people hit me up and they're like oh hey i found this at target can you do something similar but in this wood they're they're expecting similar price and yeah, i hit them with real prices and honestly most of the time i'm like dan i'll just straight up tell them like oh you should get that that's actually a good deal for that that design i'm like what oh really I'm like what because I, I was hoping <clears> to do it out of this i'm like like just to give you like a ballpark price it'd probably be some somewhere between this and this and they're like Either they don't respond ever. They have, obviously they, I see that they saw the message, or they just like, whoa, whoa, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I can't even buy the metal hardware for that amount. Like, I don't have a metal supplier, and if I have, get it custom made, it's definitely gonna be more than that. So, I think we've all had these experiences. Yeah, People that's just like don't know uh, what the value is the bed. The bed that I just got done. Yeah. The client found pictures from a website, you know, and he's like, I found this on this website. Here are the pictures. Can you do this? And I was like, yeah, sure. And he goes, they're charging, you know, like some ridiculous, like 850 bucks or something like that for this bed. He goes, what can you do? I'm like, well, I can't do it for that price. And I'm not going to make that exact design. We're going to, we're going to change it up a little bit. Luckily, he was cool enough to realize that, you know, I can't do it for that price because I'm not, I'm not making these on volume. Yeah. People can't bring that listing to you as a negotiation <clears throat> tactic, you know. No, he didn't. He didn't. He oh, he okay. thought that, yeah. you know, maybe it'd help. But once I told him the price, he realized, okay, you That's just, good. you don't, I don't justify my prices. I explain why I charge what I do and just leave justify. it at that. Right. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> just a flash. I don't justify it. Explain why. <laughs> Honestly, I, I find myself talking. I said that wrong. Go on. Potential customers <laughs> out of business with me more than. Than in business because a lot of unfortunately a lot of my clients are they're expecting very cheap labor or material or whatever but they want high quality uh, results. I I tend to turn people away from more business than I probably talked them into because I'm just I I've put my foot down. I have my hourly rate. I need that to make it worth. Oh, it. Oh yeah, you can't compromise your own hour, yeah, hourly rate. I'm You're done doing shooting yourself in the foot later on. When I was first like, when I was like the hobbyist starting out, I was just I was basically just I was they were, I was paying them to build this for them you know like it was mm-hmm. making no sense for me now not anymore i'm done with that yeah i just raised my prices i mean boy. when you start getting busy Attaboy. you gotta start raising your prices that's kind of how it goes um this next question is from Braden lord gents congratulations on the 50th episode i say that three weeks late because up here in canada it takes 53 episodes to make 50 u.s episodes uh, Braden Lord here, and I just have a quick question about layout tools. I asked Mike this in a comment, and he responded, which I appreciate, but I wanted to ask the group. Right now, I'm still kind of working with tape measures, speed squares, combination squares. I'm just wondering if there's some 
go-to layout tools that you use. I know there's some good brands out there, but just one ask group. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Pete. So layout tools. Yeah, uh, obviously squares. I actually use drafting, like clear plastic drafting squares for certain things uh, when I'm laying out things. I have them in different random sizes. Uh, they're also like original from my school. Um, but then a nice small square. Theft? No, no. I mean, like I've had them when I was. Hey, oh, in borrowing. School. Like I was using it while I was in school. Yes, right. And then kept them in my bag when I left. That's was. was like, <laughs> we can, we can that's not time. theft. Yeah, it's like yeah, that's the pillows are free. Um, the pillows. So that obviously the mattresses <laughs> are free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I have a um, oh, what's that one brand? Scarret. I have a Scarret. Starrett. 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 I always mess up the brand. I have a Starrett square, a and I have a small a mini. Yeah, it's scary. And I have a mini uh, Stanley square that I use for like ninety percent of my market. Scanley. Marking. It's Scanley. St- Scanley. Scanley. <laughs> and um, the other one I use a lot is. My calipers, I use the the bottom, like where you move your calipers, the little pin comes out of the bottom. I use that for setting my uh, marking gauge. And I tend to do a lot of markings like, all right, this needs to be three. Instead of drawing a line, I'll drop the bottom of the calipers. I'll set the marking gauge and I'll just mark the spot instead of sitting there with a measuring tool and actually marking. Smart. So it's that's one way to cheat it. Am I making sense? When I- a little bit. Well, top of the calipers. For anyone watching the video right now, this part. Yeah, I use yes. that to measure yeah. all the thicknesses of my material for the CNC. When it's yeah. on the so bed, like, I drop exactly. it on there. Exactly, you just drop it on there. <laughs> yep. But I use it, I'll bump up the uh, the blade against the bottom and then the top plate against that. And I have my measurements set on the digital calipers. So I use a marking gauge a lot instead of actually measuring it with a pencil. I want to get the nice uh, Minatoyo my- calipers really bad. Just I, I really want so much. They're so nice. I almost pulled the trigger on it because everyone I use them so much for modeling. Yep. Uh, but then I ended up just cheaping. I got out the some 30, really ones. I got some really nice digital calipers from Harbor Freight, and they quit working about a week yep. later. Weird. They were Actually, really I nice. I fixed too. the ones. The ones that were acting up, I fixed them and They're I use them every really day. Nice. Now. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> when cheap um, goes bad. Yeah, Dan. Weird. What about well? Since you're you're talking about your Harbor Freight super accurate digital calipers, what else you use? Uh, well, I don't use those anymore, shockingly. Um, I I have a plethora. Now of I've got squares. a Menards pair. <laughs> <laughs> you watch it. I have a plethora of squares. I have an addiction to buying squares. I think I have four double squares. I got some of those eye gauging ones off of Amazon. They're actually really good. I got a couple Empire like <laughs> little little combo squares. I got. A Capro magnetic twelve inch combo square. I got I got several twelve inch combo squares. I got speed squares galore. I got Empire. I got Johnson. I got Milwaukee. I have a thing for squares. So I have a lot, whole lot of squares to do all my marking up. And I have some marking gauges and you know I have a plethora of things. No calipers though. I should probably get more calipers. Why? You don't need them. You don't until always you get need CNC. them. I'm gonna have a CNC sooner or later. That's why I said until you get your CNC. Yeah. Although I use them for I use them for milling a lot. <clears throat> yeah, I do for, too. Like even running through the planer just to line up my material and thickness. I'm not set on like one brand though. I have a whole smorgasbord. Uh, I think they were yeah they're not even asking I'm trying. Brand. They're just like <laughs> tools you use. 
I have a cornucopia of squares. The brand really doesn't matter. I mean, there's the, you know, there's the the red, the blue, the gray, whatever, the random. What was that? There's a website where you can buy blemished squares. If someone would throw it to me, I can give you my answers. (laughs) I think we got all the answers, Dan. Mike. I don't think Mike's going to add anything new. What do you have to add to this, Mike? Yeah, Mike, what's up? If you go to taytools.com, they have a blemished and seconds uh, tab on their website. How do you spell that? T-A-Y-T-O-O-L-S dot com. They're on Instagram as well. It's actually the account is pretty great. They carry a lot of great stuff. But um, the um, they have the blemish section. They have Peck, which is ridiculously nice squares, like super high end, like a combination square. Like the six combination square I have is like 300 and 400 bucks. Are those as Uh, good as the uh, Scarrets? They're not quite on the level with the Scarrets. Or the Tetemboyos. Um <laughs> No, um, they're very good. I have two of those pecs. I have a, I have a, no, I have three pecs. I have a six inch combination. I got two pecs. <laughs> I have a six inch combination. I have a six inch double square. And then I have a 12 inch combination square uh, from them. And they're fantastic. Like the, and the, the blemished ones, they don't have anything wrong with their function. They just have like a nick on them, a blemish somewhere on them. They're just blemished. Uh, so they don't they don't affect the function at all. If they do affect the function, <clears> they <throat> recast them. They melt them down and turn them into something else. Um, That's cool. Um, and then I have uh, I really like to support JT over at DFM just because he's a maker in the in the business in the in the world in the maker world, and he's got his. Uh, I've got every single tool he offers. Does he go through figure. a site or he just does everything through Amazon? Uh, he you can go to dfmtools.com or you can go to Amazon oh, yeah. and he runs like if you follow his account, he'll run like random sales like you can get goodie boxes like he'll run a box like with blems for like 30 bucks and you get like four random tools. It's a killer deal. He does it every once in a while. I've done it a couple of times and I think I gave him away last time, um, but they're really cool. Uh, I like I like him a lot. I like what he's doing over there. They're really nice stuff. I have the six inch. Uh, I have a six inch carpenter square I have, which is basically a speed square. I have three inch speed square, um, and then I have his height gauge, and I have his a couple of his card scrapers. He's got anyway, but for markup stuff, that's really good stuff over there. I really like his stuff. And then I have some woodpecker things. Um, you know, there's feelings back and forth on woodpeckers. I don't necessarily drink the woodpecker Kool Aid so much. I think they have a lot of very specific tools for very specific things, and then there's always the argument about them being made of aluminum. So. Um, <clears throat> You know, you can get the stainless steel ones. I have um, I have their saddle squares, which are legitimately very amazing tools to have. Those saddle squares are really nice to have. I have the set of those. And then I have their little three-inch, and then I have their, like, mini squares. And then I have a whole bunch of their stuff. I did buy some. Oh, I bought their um, 36-inch straight edge so I can set up my jointer. And it's That would be really good to nice. have. Yeah, it's nice to have a straight edge. And definitely don't need a woodpecker's one because that thing was not cheap. There's other ones actually on Taytool's website that are not aluminum and they're straight edges. So they're probably going to be more durable. But I don't break out my straight edge very often. It's really just for setting up my joiner. And like I said, it's a 36-inch straight line. And one argument you could use is for like setting up cuts. But I have a track saw. So I don't need it. So I usually almost essentially just for my I mean, that track is basically a straight edge. It is. Right. Or it should be. It should be, yeah. So so anyway, um, that's what I've got. Just kind of a 
pile of things that I keep. I, I made that tool wall a few months back now. I don't know, a couple months back. And I've got my hand tool wall up. That's pretty much – I don't see why I need much else in terms of markup. And like Dan said, I do have a marking gauge. I have the metal ones and then I have the wood ones that I got from Bob over at Mass Woodworks. Those things are awesome. I love that marking gauge. And I'm trying to make myself use my marking knives more instead of pencils on uh, when I'm using my squares. I'm trying to make myself do that lately. I had a good marking knife, but it fell on the ground and the tip got bent. And now it's not so great. Yeah, I'm all about the marking knife. I'll reinforce it with a pencil after usually, but I like the the crisp line of the... Well, good thing about a marking knife... There you go. It breaks the fibers. As I was saying it, I knew you were going to give me the... Because, you know, it breaks the fibers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> thanks Pete thanks for the reiteration yeah. um, a delay. scare it <laughs> go on scare it. it's scary good <laughs> so this uh, Pete you were worried about us not having enough time we're already 40 minutes what? into this thing we still I need to do the giveaway too I know you know, we, why don't we do that right now no, no let's do or should what we do, do one more do? you guys want to do I don't know. let's do the giveaway do let's do the giveaway do the, okay this one after that okay go ahead Dan. yeah 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 because I know what you're talking about yeah 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 go so last week we gave away our fifth and final Macbeth Hardwood gift card for $50. You Pete, sure? I swear it's the last one. <laughs> you I swore swear. two episodes ago. And this week, <laughs> this week, <laughs> Kevin Hempel over at Lefty's Woodshop, who I believe we own all his stuff. Yep. Subsidiary all of the Woodshop Shop podcast. <laughs> yeah, yes. Subsidiary. Although I've heard through the grapevine, he's going by Tevin at Righty's now. Anyways, well, he's, he's trying to rebrand. Doing, but yeah, he's trying to. <laughs> we're going to get him. That's all right. Well, our lawyers are going to contact him anyway. Legal loophole. <laughs> he won this week's fifty dollars gift card, so uh, we're just going to have Macbeth send that to the AWP boys. This week, Macbeth is giving away a container, jar, bottle. What does a that kid. come in? Container, a, a tin caboodle, a three hundred and fifty. 375 milliliter container of Rubio Pure. Mm. That's an amazing finish. And from what I understand, you put it on one coat. Monocoat. Based on all the information I have, it's one, it's one coat. coat. Yes. And it smells lovely. It smells like apple pie. Fight me. <laughs> this week's... Stop drinking your finishes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink apple pie. That makes no sense. Stop eating your finishes. There we go. This week's code phrases, we have options, and I'm going to give you them options right now. We have nose glue boogers. Nope. No? No? We have crisscross applesauce. I kind of like that. All right. We have a cornucopia of squares. Nope. A rare miss. Rare miss. (laughs) And just scare it. Scare it. I think it's scare it. Scare it. S K A R R E T T. Spell it however you want. <laughs> however many R's and T's you want. In fact, it's like thick. Bonus entries for every T and R. <laughs> Don't do that. Line. I'm going to get emails full of R's and T's. <laughs> yeah. I, I pay for my emails by the letter, Pete. Calm down. <laughs> I do the same thing with my Dymo labels. I know which. <laughs> if you weren't in the pre show, you don't understand that. I don't know that was in the pre-show. Well, oh, that was in the pre-pre-show. Non-recorded oh, pre-pre-show. Yeah. All right. So anyway, your code your word this week is scarret. Send that to us in an email at awpgiveaway at gmail.com. It's scary good. You'll get entered into this week's Macbeth Hardwood giveaway for Rubio. Back to the show. 
Which show is that? Oh, this one. This, this one. This next question is from a gentleman by the name of Ethan Kobolars. I've heard this is a good one. I've heard such things as well. Yep. Hey, fellas. Ethan here with, well, don't have a business name because I'm doing it as a hobby. Woodworking. And I have a question about woodworking. Uh, question is, um, every time that I listen to the podcast, I think, oh, good. I have a question, and then all of a sudden it comes up in that episode. So kind of had a, a new question, a uh, missed opportunity, if you will, on your uh, one-year anniversary episode. So question is, what are your thoughts on ripping ash? Does it get too messy if you push it a little too hard? <laughs> do you do it with your door open for good ventilation? Because, yeah. Does it smell good, bad? It's dull. I know everyone's a little different of opinion. Uh, anyway, just figured I'd send that question in and... Uh, not sure if I'll be able to recover from this one, so who knows if I can call in for another question. Anyway, just want to say enjoy the episodes. Always makes me laugh. Something to look forward to. And, uh, yeah. Thanks, fellas. Dan, well, you're having trouble that, ripping it. He's clearly not using a push stick. Dan, you're known for working with a lot of ash. And, <laughs> and you're really well known for ripping ash. Look, <laughs> I've ripped my fair in? share of ash. In my day, I've been ripping ash since 1997. Probably even before that. <laughs> yeah, it's not my first ash rodeo. <laughs> Show title: <laughs> First Ash Rodeo. <laughs> I think Macho Boy PD Savage is pretty good. <laughs> PD we got options. So look, if you're going to be ripping ash, I mean, it's one thing if you're alone, but if you got guests in your shop and you're ripping ash. At least turn on a fan. Right. I would say, normally I would say light a match, but you're in a wood shop. So, you you know, be a little bit responsible. responsible. I would get, look, I would get some sort of air scrubber or maybe some sort of ash scrubber. Is there an ash? Can you get an ash scrubber? You should get the Laguna M1 fume extractor. Actually. More of a fume. um, Recently. Uh, type on released a product it's an ash wipe you use it right before, <laughs> right before you rip ash and you can also use it after you rip ash i thought and that was ash uh, wipes are the best i thought that was uh the product that everybody's been pimping uh the firm grip was it firm grip no <laughs> yes it's firm grip don't make jokes about that i worked with them no. on that campaign <laughs> <laughs> The stuff's legit good, but I wish I would have thought of that because that would have been way better than type If you're getting any burning, you don't want to clean it up with sandpaper. I would use just Baltic Birch Multiply to wipe it smooth. So there was this time I was at a buddy's house ripping ash, and I went a little too fast. And it, it man, I made quite the mess. I couldn't leave his shop fast enough. I was out of there. And he called me later and he was telling me, it's embarrassing when you rip that much ash and you make a mess. So, like, he called me the day after and he asked me if I was okay. You know, there was ash everywhere. I don't want to talk. You know, it just, his shop smelled like ash. He was cleaning up ash smell for days. 
Right. Yep. Anyway, Mike, do you have anything to add to this? You know, I, I, I feel like I've just been going and going, and I mean, you're I could talk man. about Rip and Ash for days and days. You're the Ash man. You're, you're an the Ash, Ash expert. You're an Ash man. You're an Ash man. Uh, the only thing I would add is, it, first of all, ripping Ash it could be hard, and because you know hardwood. Uh, so you don't want to just like be right behind it. You wanna, you wanna lean. Oh yeah, you gotta lean. You gotta lean a little bit when you're ripping ash. When you're ripping ash, ideally, and you don't want to go left. You whatever your fence is, opposite of the fence. Opposite of your fence. Whenever you're ripping ash, you gotta lean out. Lean out. If you need examples, watch the pre-show. Dan's good at it. (laughs) I'm kind of doing it right now. Shooting video for the love of God. uh, Mute it. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely the question. Twenty-four minutes and seventeen seconds of episode (laughs) forty-nine. Right I, I love that you remember. <laughs> I love that you have that on. Time. I, can't, <laughs> I can't remember. I wish I did. That needs to be a show title one day when like something embarrassing happens. The show title is just a timestamp. <laughs> <laughs> we'll timestamp the low point of the episode every time. The from lowest now on. point. So it's just awkward silence of so us. Just yeah, like the low point is this. Uh, where minutes. are we at? <laughs> yeah. Good question. Great question. Also, Great question. Ethan, I said this in a pre-show when we we're pre-listening to everyone that. Listen to that. That's how you do it. Oh yeah, that was a long, professional. Long, there was no tr- long, was no just forms. shy of awkward, <laughs> but like long enough for a laugh, and like just long enough for us to laugh again at the same thing because <laughs> it's awkward and quiet. It was good. It's perfect. It was, was good, good timing. Comedic timing was through through the roof. Yep. Also, can I give him a little a little bit of feedback though? No. Um, no, I, I really want to oh, okay. just as as you know, as a uh, you know more seasoned. Uh, woodworkers i would say maybe uh don't have a business name because i'm doing it as a hobby woodworking llc is a bit of a run-on name <laughs> just maybe shorten it maybe ethan's woodworking or ethan's woodshop i like that as well creative e-trees woodshop just just truncated a bit yeah bring it down come on truncated you said truncate, right? No, I there said was... trumpcate. <laughs> it, it still bo- it still bottles my mind that you get confused by that one. <laughs> All right, should I keep Kamani going? Kamani von Strehorn, but for reals, it's Kamani von Strehorn. Guten Tag. Hey guys, this is Kamani from Van Stray Designs, and my question this week is about dealing with project overload. So last week was probably one of the busiest weeks I've had. Um, I had some projects that. We're supposed to kind of be staggered going out the door, all end up crisscrossing and needing to all go out at the same time. And and while that was happening, I had a couple of other projects all come in and, you know, get deposits for, which as soon as I get a deposit mentally, I start thinking that the clock starts ticking on getting that project done. So needless to say, it was a lot of late nights and a lot of work over the weekend that just meant I wasn't spending time with my family and I was just exhausted every night. And I just kind of hit that wall where I'm planning on finishing the last couple of projects I need to do and just taking a few days off out of the garage, to just kind of recharge. But as a small business, you can, there's only so many days you can take off before you have to kind of get back to work. So just, you know, how do you deal with hitting that wall and just being overloaded with, with projects while you know also balancing out family time just you know looking for some other perspective uh from people who've been doing it longer thanks bye 
Pete, how do you balance it? Uh, I don't always balance it well. That's why one of the things that I ran into recently, I was just, I kind of overworked myself after the holiday season. I was like, yeah, let me take on a bunch of commissions now. I'm done with, you know, holiday orders. And then work picked up or was still busy really from the holidays. And I got overwhelmed and I, I did not deal with it well. I ended up kind of letting things fall by the wayside and um, actually had to like, I legit just canceled on a client. Um, it wasn't even like a serious job or for something smaller, but I was like, honestly, I, I'd rather be straightforward with you. I can't take this on right now. I kind of overextended myself and I'd rather just tell you straight up now than drag this out for weeks. Um, they actually were very understanding. They were, they're, they were cool with me like not being able to do it. I did send him to someone else. Someone else picked up the job, which was really cool because I could send it somewhere local. Uh, but yeah, it's sometimes you just have to learn your limits. Um, you know, luckily a lot of the quotes I had, uh, some I scared away with like when I told them what, a, what epoxy cost. Um, and then other ones, you know, just like that one, I just had to say like, yeah, listen, I can't do it right now. And some new ones that were coming in, just, I got to say no. Uh, because it was like, yeah, if I like really, put in the work and everything i could probably knock out all those no problem but i wouldn't see my family i would not sleep that much and i would be super stressed and i honestly that's not why i'm in this and that's not why i do this and i don't want to really push it so the way i deal with it is i try to sit back and reassess reevaluate like what can i really take on what can i do and do i need to say no to someone i'd rather be straightforward with someone than fall behind on a deadline and do a really bad job um so that's my call uh Dan, what do you think? The way I've been dealing with it is getting like super overwhelmed, stressed, depressed, and taking lots of naps. And let me tell you, <laughs> that is not how to deal with it because I am falling further and further behind somehow. I don't get it. I'm at the point where I don't like to say no to commissions because, you know, I, I pay my mortgage. I, you know, I, this is my livelihood. I don't, I don't have a quote unquote full-time job woodworking and making is my full-time job right now so telling clients that i can't fit them in is me turning money away which is just not good in my eyes however balance and everything has become a super huge struggle and i wish i could give you tips and tricks because i'm still kind of figuring it out myself it's tough it's super tough and i can imagine having to do this and balance a full-time job maybe mike has tricks because i certainly don't Um, it's very hard right now. (laughs) I'm like really getting to the point where I'm worried about another customer saying yes to a quote and I'm almost certain they're going to say yes to a quote. So, uh, it's tough. Uh, I think one thing to actually balance it, there's just going to be some sacrifices made. That's the bottom line. Like something's going to suffer always. You have to choose what's the most important. Obviously family's very important. So you need to make that a priority. Uh, Sometimes sleep will be the thing that suffers. And a lot of times doing things with other people is the thing that's going to suffer. But something's going to suffer. You can't do it all. You just can't do it all. It's impossible. So you need to make conscious decisions and be happy with that decision. You can't just like be six months in and be like, man, I haven't been sleeping very much. You might want to be like, okay, I'm probably not going to get as much sleep over the next six months. You're going to be a lot more happy with yourself if you choose instead of fall into something. So if you like kind of make a conscious decision and realize that you're going to get yourself into this thing, it feels like you're more in control, I guess. So it's uh, it's better than finding yourself in a situation that you don't feel like you 
purposely got yourself into, I think. <clears throat> and that gives you, uh, that makes you, I mean, it gives you the control, I guess. That's kind of the big thing is you are in control. Even if it's not great, you at least knew you were going to go there and you kind of steered yourself that way. Um, one thing I mentioned earlier and that has been mentioned to me by other business owners, not just woodworkers, that if you start getting busy, raise your price. Because uh, people will – this does a, a bunch of really good things. <clears throat> it starts to show people that your prices are going up and that means <clears throat> you're busy. Um, and that means if you're busy enough to where you can raise your prices – and don't just like jack your prices way up. Like do it steadily at a reasonable amount. <clears throat> but uh, it's going to have people say – having make people less likely to say yes. And you're going to end up getting more jobs that you're much more happy with the payout on. So instead of doing a bunch of jobs you're pretty happy with, you're going to do less jobs you're really happy with. And that kind of overall will make your time that you're spending on things better. I mean, we're all doing it because we love it, kind of. I mean, not everyone's doing it because they love it. But people are doing it because they love it. But we're also doing it because we're getting paid. And when you get paid a lot, that's pretty cool. So (laughs) you might as well start like raising your prices on things when you can. And especially if things are good. So if you're busy and if you're finding yourself in a situation where you're really busy, probably means things are pretty good. So you could probably safely raise your prices up. And I don't know if you have like – I'm speaking to Kamani, but I don't know if you have like a a base hourly rate you try to get and base everything on. You know, maybe just throw that up a little bit higher or maybe not even a little bit higher, maybe a third higher and see how that works out. So um, <clears throat> you're just giving yourself a raise and you're making more money doing what you want to do. So that's something I'm doing. I just, like I just said, I raise my prices on some things and, uh, you know, as long as the market continues and thing and people are able to spend money on furniture and decorative items and things in their homes, uh, you'll probably keep doing well, but you know, that could go away too. So for me, I've casted a wide net on what I'm doing here. Um, but with that, I'm also very tired all the time. <laughs> like I'm really tired all the time and I just, I'm doing a lot of things. So I have a day job, which I can't, I can't, you know, fall behind on that. <clears throat> and then I have all my stuff and I really can't fall behind on that either because I'm trying to build my thing here. And then I have my family, which is the most important thing. <clears throat> and I can't not be there for my son or my wife and even Luna, you know, I got to be there for my family. So it's tough. You just got to, f- make choices and make some sacrifices. You're going to have to make some sacrifices. If you really want to be a woodworker, but you like gaming a lot, which one's more important? You know, if I'm just making an example, I'm just playing video games. You're like, you're attacking me right now, but go on. No, no, no. I I mean, I, I used to play video games for sure. I haven't turned on my video game uh, gaming system since I got into uh, woodworking two, three years ago. I just happen to like this more and I need to devote as much time to it as I can. I can't afford to spend any time on that. Now, Dan doesn't have another job on top of it. Dan's doing woodworking full time. So he does afford that. Dan's already did the switch. He's already gone through all this stuff. So he's in a different place. That's true. But if you're like, <clears throat> like if like eventually there's going to be a time where I won't have another job, I'll have woodworking and I'll be able to put more time into my woodworking obviously, but I won't have this other thing that's pulling me in another direction. And it's a completely but different direction. And I'll be able you're to basically working 16 hours a day right now. Plus. Oh, I yeah. work more than that. And I, I mean, I get up at six, I'm working at seven, I'm done at five, I have family time till seven or eight, I go back in the shop till at least 11, usually midnight. That's my day. I literally don't do anything but work in the shop, 
work my job, and make content. That's all I do all day long. And I'm exhausted. I'm so tired. All the time, I'm so tired. I've developed a twitch in my left eye, and it's been here for three and a half weeks. <laughs> I know it really t- ticked that off, but I can't get this freaking twitch to go away. And it's I know it's because I'm exhausted. Dan's and, got one of those too, or was it, it something else in your eye? I, I got <laughs> oh, this time. That stinks. Yeah, so... Bit. Um, you know, exhaustion is a real thing. You know, my, my son is part of the reason we're not doing the podcast on Friday. We're doing it this week is because my wife and I, uh, my son is going to my in-laws tomorrow night. We're going to go to a date. We're gonna have a nice date. We get to come home. We can go to bed whenever we want. I don't have to stay up late doing the podcast and then I can just sleep in the next morning. I don't have to have my most favorite little guy in the world coming and wake me up at 615 in the morning, hit me in the face, trying to wake me up. (laughs) You know, I get to just sleep in till as late as I want and I'm going to get up. I'm going to go pick up my son, and I'm going to go bring him home, and I'm going straight to Macbeth to go pick up wood to get working in the shop all weekend. And then I have my cousin coming over, and me and him are working all Sunday. He's been here for like 12 hours on Sunday. So I literally work every single day at least 16 to 18 hours a day, at least, every single day. And that's just what it costs. And I'm fortunate enough, and so is Dan and Pete, that our shops are connected to our homes. The prospect oh God, of my imagine home, going to offsite. Yeah, the, the prospect of having my shop not at home sounds horrible to me. Like, yeah, really horrible to me. Like I, I don't thought want about that. that. I need yeah, a bigger I, shop. I need to grow, but I don't know if I can handle going somewhere else. Offsite. I, I don't think know. of how many times we quickly jump in there for like a quick little thing. Literally yeah. all the time. I mean, it's yeah. all day. It's my flow, and I'm used to it. Mm-hmm. And I, the idea of having to add like a ten minute, it's going to keep me from going in there as much. And that's going to mess things up. So I, I have to like, and I have to figure that out. I have that big project you guys know about coming up. Um, I don't have the space for that job. I have to get creative now. I have to buy like one of those carports just to do that job for behind my Harbor shop. Freight. Harbor Freight, the carport, the I, 10 by 20 we, Harbor Freight. Literally, we're talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm literally going to go pick that up this weekend. And that's going to be my spray booth sp- slash the spot where I build this huge table. So um, I, I don't, I don't want to rent a space. I mean, the yeah. overhead <clears throat> isn't so bad. I can actually find a place fairly close to me for a decent price because it's not super expensive for uh, commercial space here. Leaving the house I don't want to leave the house. And then yeah. the two months it's going to take me to reset a shop up. Oh, God. Ugh, God, sounds it. like a nightmare. So anyway, it, that's a long way to answer that, Kamani, but you, you'll you figure out what works for you. If I mean, you got to look back, like step back, look at the situation and evaluate whether, like Mike said, raise your price or say no or, you know, just whatever. I, tr- I, I try not to say no. I try to give them a really high price. So that Same if they no do say yes. Yeah. I mean, try not. To, I, I really don't want to say no. I'll, I mean, <clears throat> I had a guy. Also, raise price and set a realistic timeline too. Well, you know, raise your price. You set a realistic timeline for that as well. You're not going to just raise the price, but then something you physically can't do. Right. Raising, raising mean, your prices is a lot easier to swallow if you're doing this on the side and you have a full-time job that to lean on. I mean, if you're doing this full-time, it's it's kind of difficult for me to raise prices because you're like you're scared of like losing business. But if you have that full-time job to leave, lean on and you can raise your prices, you know, it's not like the end of the world. That's your true. your bills are still going to get paid. Right. So, you know, I say go that route as well. Raise your prices a little bit. You can afford it. Right. I think that if you have so much work, though, you can't get to something. I mean, you should be able to tell people, hey, uh, I can't do this for three months. That's my schedule. Mm-hmm. I mean, that should be part of it, too. I mean, that's for all yeah. my commission stuff. It's that way. I, I tell them, hey, this is where you're mm-hmm. at on the schedule. 
deposit gets you locked into that schedule point. Exactly. <clears throat> and then uh, that's just is what it is. That's what and, I'm telling people. And a, yeah, and then a lot of times I think that actually makes you a bit more attractive to some customers. Yeah, for sure. Because they think that you're uh, exclusive and people are using you and you're busy. Right. So if you're like, it yeah, makes you more tomorrow. They're like, oh, I'm it makes you more for desirable. An hour in May. Yeah. <laughs> so just good question. So, something good conversation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then <clears throat> this last question oh, is from Tyler Isaacs. Hey guys, what's up? Tyler here, Wooden Whiskers Trading Co. My question this week for the pod is around temperatures, uh, more specifically. Um, resin storage temperatures and your shop temperature for pouring so i was curious um do you like to pour in a certain temperature range in your shop i know you guys have um heaters uh do you like to keep it at a certain temperature range when you pour have you ever had your epoxy crystallized because it gets too cold just kind of wanted your thoughts on temperatures around epoxy storage and epoxy pouring thanks guys dan I don't do enough epoxy work that this has ever been a problem. I will say that I try to keep my shop at 50 degrees or better or or higher. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if I can answer this. I, I don't do enough epoxy pouring. I, I use epoxy to fill little knot holes and stuff every now and then. Stuff that's too big to fill with, like, a, a CA glue, like a star bond. You know, star bonds for smaller stuff, you know, and then you go up a little bit. And that's all I use epoxy stuff for. Pete? Uh, yeah, my shop, the lowest it really drops in like forties if, and that's if I haven't heated that shop in a while and it's like dead of winter, uh, cause it is an attached shop and there's, there's rooms above and then there's rooms on together, two walls. So only a wall and a door are exposed. Um, I now also have like a really good heater that I can just run for 30 minutes and like have a warm shop. Uh, and as far as temperatures go, me I usually try to be in the 60s or higher if possible. The last pour I did, I ended up just kind of cranking it up. I, was, I think I had it like 68 in a shop. Yeah, you did that and big then, pour for that sign. Yeah, and that's what I kept it at. I reached out to Total Boat. They they recommend like room temperature if you can, but if you can't, at least in you know 60s is like ideal or higher because uh, it does uh, heat up a little bit too. So it creates its own heat, obviously, because it's a chemical reaction and. Anytime I can, I move it indoors. Luckily, again, because it's attached, I don't have to run the heat in there if I don't want to, because I've done some smaller pours in the winter, and it was just way too damn cold. So I put some stuff underneath it, some plastic bags, and then brought it in on a table. Once it became a little like tackier, which usually is within an hour or two, uh, where it doesn't flow anymore, it just kind of sits there. So then it's a little easier to still put it level. And yeah, anytime you can keep a project indoors, it's ideal. Um, I guess it doesn't off-gas at that point. Right, Mike? Well, I'll pass it to you. That's, that's my thing. I usually try to keep it. After it's Once tacky? it's already tacky, yeah, it's probably not off-gassing. I actually don't know, I mean, about when it's Because I know it does off-gas when you mix it. If you are mixing <clears throat> a decent amount of epoxy, probably want some ventilation in there as well. Yeah, you want, you want air moving. Yeah. Um, um, I've only yeah. used think? two epoxies in my life. <clears throat> one is Total Boat. Part A and Part B. <laughs> oh, one is Total Boat. And the other one, I'm just going to say it is Chill. Uh, I had issues with chill chill. epoxy. Yeah. I had issues with chill epoxy and I stopped using their product. Um, I just wasn't happy with their response to the problem. Um, so I went to total boat and I've been happy since then. I really like total boat a lot. They, they're, I don't like working with epoxy. It's a pain in the neck. 
and it takes up time. And frankly, it's for me, it's just not woodworking. I'm, I like to wood, work with wood. Now, it is a necessary tool, and I do end up using it a lot because it's so good at what it does. Like Dan was saying, for filling knots and for – I mean, it really works great for decorative stuff. Obviously, there's like a whole genre of epoxy art and epoxy things, and that's great. It's just not for me. I don't enjoy it personally. Um, but it's a valid tool. It's a great adhesive, and it's great for what it does. I mean, it's really hard to beat when you have a big – and I really like to accentuate the character in pieces. I really like to show the knots. I don't. I don't necessarily like clear lumber. I mean, for some things you really want clear lumber, but I really like knots in lumber. I like having that in there and I like to put a clear in there or a black epoxy in there. I kind of, I kind of either prefer clear or black. Um, I'm literally doing a growth chart for my son. It's curing right now in my shop and that has white and green in it. So that's about as wild as I get. But, um, but, uh, in terms of temperatures, I use mostly, uh, their uh, total boats penetrating epoxy and, um, that is so I use that to see yeah the high performance penetrating epoxy that use I use that to seal up the wood so that no air so it traps any air into the wood so when you put your your high performance slow in there none of the air escapes the wood and you get bubbles in your epoxy so I like to do that before I use the um for like decorative stuff um I've found that with the slow I've never had it crystallize on me ever I did have ironically the other brand that's from Canada my shop almost never gets below 50. I mean, it'll, I've been in there a few times and it's been 46 degrees. Uh, I don't have the kind of cold temperatures Dan and Pete have. Uh, but I generally keep it above 53 or 54 and there's about the average lowest it gets in the mornings when I roll in there. And then I kick on my heater and kind of do my thing. I have a little radiant heater. Uh, but I find that when I pour around like 60 with total boat high performance slow, two to one, um, it's perfect because that stuff, like Pete said, is it does get get warm. It's an endo, endo or exothermic, exothermic reaction. I think exothermic. exothermic. It's an exothermic reaction, and um, it gets hot, and that's how it makes itself harden up. Well, when it's really like sixty degrees out, fifty five, sixty degrees out, it does that slower, and that allows me to pour thicker amounts. I can actually go thicker because it takes less or it takes longer time for it to actually. It doesn't allow it to heat up too much. Basically, is what happens. So if it's like. 80 in my shop and I'm doing epoxy, I've had to get, I've had to like do the reaction really quickly and then crack and then I'm screwed. Like it looks like trash. And then you have to try to match, match the color that you just mixed up, which is really tough to do for me. And I'm really bad about telling how much epoxy I need for different size things. I'm just so bad at it. I'm getting a little bit better, but, um, you need a math guy. I need a math guy. Um, don't they have an epoxy calculator on their site? I think they do. Total boat. Yeah, but I mean, when you're doing letters, I mean, how do you math that up? I mean, for volume, I mean, just, I mean, do they have like, like, oh, quarter uh, one inch? One thing that I, I saw uh, Jeff Atumos do once, he just took like fluffy wood chips. He like filled the area that he was going to do and then he took that stuff out and measured it in a cup roughly. Mm. Or sand. That's smart. That's, or like little sand pellets or, that's or a good sawdust. Idea. Sounds like a lot of work. So I'm going to keep guessing. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, but yeah, I found that at the lower temperatures, it actually is it actually doesn't heat up as fast. It takes longer, even longer, and that's the one thing I don't like about epoxy is like it's such a long process. Um, like I usually try to do it in the evening before I'm done, and I just set everything, and I just come in the morning, and it's all done. But um, I really like the the slow 
that's all I keep for their high performance two to one in my shop. That's what I use all day long. Um, and as far as temperatures, I really don't think you want to do it much hotter than like 85. I think you're going to have a really tough time with it there. Uh, I think it's going to start, um, that heat process a lot faster and you're going to have issues. So, um, it could usually really on those, on those bottles, they're going to have a recommended, uh, temperature. Oh yeah, they have it. It's, yep. it's 55 yep. to 75 degrees or 55 to 80 degrees for high performance slow. So, you know, I think there's a little bit of a fudge room in there, but I mean, you really want to be careful with that. So, <laughs> <said> fudge. so <laughs> um, heck. um, uh, macho boy, PD Savage. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, I'm not an expert. I don't think Pete's an expert. I don't think Dan's. A, oh, however, if you use code TB coffee on totalboat.com, you get 15% off. Yeah, a little One fun five. fact. Fifteen, yeah, fifteen, not fifty. <laughs> I know, Dan get gets mad if you sound like another 15, number. Fifteen percent <laughs> off, off your first time using the code. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's the show. Is this long enough, Pete? Do you want to jam something else in here so no one complains? I think we're good. This is plenty Fine. long. You know what? Let's I think we're good. One eighteen's not long. Another one eighteen. Another shorty. Another <laughs> <laughs> shorty. Uh, uh Pete, why don't you do the uh the information? The the five stars. <laughs> oh see that Dan? Hard work pays off. I just got promoted. What? Um what do I Congrats. what do I say? Raise your prices. <laughs> Congrats. Anyways, I get paid the same shout still. Out. <laughs> yeah, huge shout out to our sponsors, the patrons. Thank you so much for supporting us. And if you want to help support the show, check us out on patreon.com make sure to leave five-star reviews on apple Podcasts. we don't know what it does but we're pretty sure it helps us in some we way we think we think we, we think a lot theorize <laughs> we think a lot we theorize idea, idea, idea guy <laughs> but make sure to leave five-star reviews only uh, the other ones still don't work sorry and you know what check us all out on tiktok instagram uh youtube Twitter, Clubhouse, MySpace, uh, Only Dan's, MySpace, Etsy, uh, Dan Space, Mike Space, and Mike of space. course, uh, and also you know what, help support us individually if uh, if you want. Check us out on our Etsy shops. There's some yeah, cool do stuff. That. Mike's got some cool signs. Dan's got some uh, awesome apparel and cutting boards, and I got a bunch of 3D printed items for your tools. So check us all out. We would love for you to support us. But yeah, for if you sure. Just want to support us any other way? Just shout us out. We love it when you guys shout it out. We'll re, you know, we're posting in our stories. We love seeing that. We love seeing the community around that. And this is a great episode, guys. I think it's a wrap. I mean, I do want to say we have 188 reviews. One is a three-star review. Too much giggling is their response. So they gave us three it. stars. That's a fair review. <laughs> too many one-liners, too many zingers, too many inside jokes. I bet we know who that is, Dan. Um and then there was a one star in their summer from someone named RJ Hammy. Yeah, but RJ Hammy keeps leaving one star reviews. No, it stopped. No, that stopped when it was brought oh, up on the show. But he did it a couple time. times, and it was yes, just erased the old one. <laughs> this RJ Hammy sounds like a real idiot to me. <laughs> <laughs> Rim job Hammy. All right, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get out of the show. <laughs> we're gonna get out of the show oh. now since uh, we're ending it on a night. How, nice how, note. no, I'm not even going to ask. Go on. How uh, are we sponsored? Ahead, <laughs> That's a good question. We were going to bring it up. We were going to bring it up in the, uh, in the pre-show, but 
we made too many inside <laughs> jokes and we forgot. So mm. uh, too many zingers, too many one-liners, too many zingers, too much laughing. It's <laughs> is that it's even a thing? I don't like is that in a, a thing? podcast? It's way too much laughing. I hate that. Right. Well, <laughs> what a fun hey, person. Someone out there has got to make you laugh. You, you you come here for the knowledge, but you leave for the jokes because of the jokes. I don't know. I don't know what that we're going to start is. the another puppy murder podcast for this guy <laughs> but, so no, no but it's a murder mystery there. it's like we just talk about murder mysteries what a horrible person those are hot right, right now <laughs> those right? are hot that's, my wife listens to them it's so weird she doesn't listen to this she listens to murder mysteries she's like yeah, yeah murder shows wait what <laughs> she said well you here's a podcast? murder mystery we just killed this episode we just, we just killed, killed it what's calling magnum pi figure out who killed it yeah. How did we do it? Find out on next week's episode. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Wow. Love you long bye. time. Bye.